0: friends it's John I wanted to have a little intro for this episode I took some time and I was very grateful to speak with the lovely Stephanie Sofield um, a person I met several years ago th- through my time in the indoor scene uh, she's uh, you know we've both gone on do some some different things and uh, she's a um, very dedicated and Knowledgeable music therapist, and is currently studying and, and working over in the New Jersey area on the East Coast. So uh, very thankful for her time. And there's a, a you know a few a few interesting things that we talked about that I think uh, maybe not everybody knows, or maybe if people are aware of them, they you know it's not something they think about a lot. But we talk about um, advocacy and. You know, obviously the, the benefits we sort of take as, uh, as, a, as an already known thing, the benefits of um, music therapy and music in general, so that's sort of, uh, we, we imply that, but uh, we talk a little bit about the practical side of things, how to, um, how to help, where to help, what to do, and uh, a few things not to do, which is good because it's not something a lot of people think about, uh, but as the field of music therapy it becomes a little bit more, uh, I, I don't want to say legitimize, it's always been legitimate, but once it becomes, it's a little bit more, uh, I guess, mainstream is the, <laughs> the best way to think of it. Um, you know, we, we talk about uh, how things are changing and a lot of things are changing for the better. I was very, very excited and very pleased with some of the things that uh, she talked about. So, again, um. This is Stephanie Sofield, a music therapist from in the New Jersey area. And thank you for listening, and I will be posting some of the links to that, things that we've talked about there um, you know, underneath the accompanying blog post for this episode. So, please enjoy. Thanks. Okay, can you still hear me?
1: Yeah, I can hear you.
0: Okay. Let's see then. Truth. Okay. Can you still hear me?
1: Yeah, I can hear you.
0: Okay. I don't know what I did, but it's working now, so I'm just gonna go with it. So first of all, I just I do want to thank you for bearing with me, and uh, you know, it's it's very. I'm very appreciative of this. And I know this is kind of a weird setup, but um, uh, yeah, it's it's cool that, that we can can talk this way, even though it takes a little bit of trial and error, but I
2: um,
0: just want to thank you and welcome you to the podcast.
1: Uh, I'm scared to talk a lot.
0: I'm scared to say anything. It's okay. <laughs> It's it's one of those things where um, it's more of a it's more of a conversation, and I don't think it's necessarily we have to like try and make it interesting or entertaining. I think just sort of the nature of the um, the subject matter hopefully will be, and um, I mean the whole the whole goal of the podcast is to sort of raise awareness for a bunch of different stuff and sort of normalize things to where um, I don't know a lot of I've talked to people sometimes and they're like, Oh, you're a musician. So like what's your real job? I'm like,
1: uh Um, what I get paid.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and there's you know, there's so many different facets of it and um, you know, I'll 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 let you sort of Introduce yourself here in a little bit, um, just but, but, so you know and so that it's sort of out there. Um, the, the, yeah, the, like you said, the goal is the, to raise awareness and um, normalize and, and have some detail and some uh, sort of in-depth knowledge and information that's, that's coming from people who are currently doing it you know, not someone that's, that understands the theory really well or, you know, you know, back when I was 20, whatever, or 30, whatever, I was doing this. But it's some, like, you know, like, for example, you get up and the things you're going to talk about are the things you do every day. That's part of your job and your, your life and your being. So um, that's sort of the goal of it. And it's, it's supposed to be broad and open and, you know, fun that way. So, um, it doesn't have to be like a. Uh, I don't know, it doesn't have to be a, like a job interview, you don't have to like say your name and where you went to college, but uh, just, you know, it's, it's, it's cool if, and you know, I, we haven't really spoken much uh, before, so maybe like, I don't know what... I guess what you do for work, like how you, how a, a given day of work will go for you. Um, is a good place to start because there's a lot of other stuff we can, we can get into, but what's, what's every day kind of like for you?
1: Let me to tell you right now. Yeah. I even, are you recording? Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, <so laughs> I, um, I actually really lucked out cause I am not a morning person and I work with um, a population that gets to come to therapy after school. So I work 12 to 8, which means I get to sleep in every day, which is amazing. So, I, yeah, it's great. So I don't work 8 to 5, but I do work 40 hours a week. doing um, do music therapy. So I, like, wake up and do whatever I'm going to do in the morning. And um, because my kids come usually after school, um, I see school age children ages 3 to 17, um, so I do about four hours, three to four hours of, like, prep and planning um, and documentation. I do anything, you know, um, to get ready for them coming in. And then I usually have, like, three to four hours of actual therapy sessions. Um, whether they're group or individual sessions, sometimes I have family sessions or family intakes um, or case management type sessions, and um, that's literally it. That's that's my day every day, forty hours a week. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's it's good. Um, I mean, one of the things that I think is um, so fascinating about. Um, the first of all any any sort of musician musical endeavor that has the consistency like that to me is is super super important and and very um maybe not maybe rare is not the word but um maybe it is commonplace uh things are kind of on a gig basis and i know very little about um i know very little about therapy and particularly music therapy it's always interested me but um I've you know feel like I've been successful in other ways, and so a lot of this I may say with a certain air of, um, I, maybe not ignorance, but wanting to know, wanting to learn. So, um, I don't know if uh, you know there's there are therapy practices that get that sort of consistency, um, have a have a solid client base like that. Is that something that's that happens a lot?
1: Yeah, you know what's really interesting is. They kind of told us at the beginning that. Well, that's not even true. I heard a lot of inconsistent things. I heard some people say it'd be really hard for us to find consistent work as music therapists. But then I heard other people say like this is the most lucrative thing you can do um, in music besides like music producing if you break into it. Mm-hmm. And also, but then there's a the side where people say like you can't look at it being lucrative because then are you really trying to be a therapist or are you trying to make money off people's problems sure. so I heard a lot of things like it would be hard to get a job it would be easy to get a job and um, I think I think really it is the like um, so I'm from Texas and I think a lot of my friends who got maybe their music therapy degrees from Texas found it harder to stay in Texas if they wanted a facility job working in a hospital working at a developmental center working in a school um, because people in Texas like to stay in Texas, so they don't give up those jobs. But the North, like I, I feel like is always hiring private practices. I got a facility job right out of internship, which I think is rare. Um, so it really has to do with location and what you're looking for. But honestly, I feel like all of my friends who are graduating and getting their finishing internships get jobs right away and good steady jobs. Um, and a couple of my friends like started as part time, either with private contractors or in facilities, and grew to full time within a year. So huh. it wow. seems that if you're willing to move, um, then it's not hard to get full time doing this. Sure.
0: Well, that's um, that's that's super cool, and I mean, obviously if you're looking at something to do to make a living, like you can't ignore that. You can't help anybody if you're constantly, you know, so I, to me, you know, it, it strikes me more of a, more of a, a positive and uplifting thing that, um, I mean, I think the need has always been there, but now that, uh, things have grown in such a way where, um, the needs are able to be met. I think that is what is more, you know, consistent employment. Sure, sure. But, um, that's, and that's really great I've seen it help um, you know that when I was when I was in school you know I graduated a few years ago and I was at uh, Sam Houston it's quite quite a uh, solid therapy program there music therapy program there and I saw you know people were like yeah I found two clients and we're having a lot of fun and like I've seen people sort of struggle with that and um, I'm, I'm, I'm super happy to hear that um, you know and, and moving i what I'm hoping is, you know, Texas will sort of come around, um, in, in, in a lot of different ways, but, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's good if you can, it's good that you found that. Do you, so is your, is your program sort of affiliated with a school district or several school districts in the area, or how does that work?
1: I so I work for the Atlantic County Women's Center, um, in Midland, New Jersey, so... Basically, we're, we're grant funded, and they are trying to make it so that every county in New Jersey has um, a PALS program, which is where I fall under, um, and it is specifically – you know, I'm not sure what the grant – where the grant money comes from. I feel like maybe I should know that, but <laughs> I know that you – know, We, I mean, I work with child witnesses of domestic violence, so I'm sure it's an initiative to end domestic violence, probably under the New Jersey Coalition to end um, domestic violence. I would not be surprised. So someone basically did all of the research um, to enable people like me to have jobs, and they went and proved that creative arts therapies are necessary for healing uh, traumatized children, and they are providing these services for free to these people. So really I serve the County. Um, and so we get referrals from like DCP which I didn't know what that was when, um, when I moved here, cause it's a New Jersey thing. It's like, um, CPS okay. um, in Texas. So it, it's a division for child permanency and protection. So we get referrals from them. Um, sometimes we get referrals from other therapists, like a speech therapist might notice regression in a, in a client and, uh, you know, maybe make the correct assumption that there's been some trauma probably related to domestic violence. Or we get referrals from teachers and school counselors. So I serve, you know, any child in this county. Sometimes we serve uh, families outside of the county. If their county doesn't have pals and they're able to come to us or we can go get them. I, I don't have a specific school district, but a lot of my kids go to the same schools because I serve the county, so.
0: Mm -hmm. well that's um that's fascinating is it it's cool well it's cool that it's a broad thing because i know that um i'm not sure exactly how the school districts or the the county things function there i know in texas that um a school you know five minutes down the road from one another schools that far that close together can be completely different in the way they handle um I mean, all sorts of stuff: regular education, special education, some even schools within the district. So that is—it's awesome that um, even whatever the mire is, even it may not be, uh, you know, too disorganized over there. That you're sort of able to function above that. That really is. It's it's such a cool setup. Um, that's awesome. Um, so, so with with that kind of with that kind of cool. Th- cool thing you've got going there, do you see it, um, is that going to expand anytime soon? Have you heard anything about, you know, more people, or more more money, or is there any talk of that? Well,
1: we, our grant, I think the grants are written differently for every program, and um, so we just, we, I think if we we proportioned our grant. I don't know if that's the right word, but we just moved some of the money around. And um, we made it so there's only two therapists in our house program. Um, Mostly because we, apparently before I got there, it was really difficult to fill the third position. Um, And I don't know if it was because it's in South Jersey and nobody wants to live here. Or I really don't know what the problem was. So now we have two therapists. um, And every program is different. I think... Half the counties maybe have a PALS program, and they're all run differently. I think most of them have two therapists, maybe more. Um, I know every year um, we're concerned with different things about the grant. I heard a couple years ago they were were worried that they were trying to make a PALS program in all of New Jersey, but they were going to have to pull from all the grants, and so basically it would make it so – that there would maybe be one therapist in each county, but that, that wouldn't really make sense because there's still the same amount of children to serve. So mm. um, luckily that didn't happen. So I know, like, I'm sure my some of my future efforts are going to be to help convince other counties. I Like, I know Camden County doesn't have a PALS program, and I was talking to the director of, like, the DCPNP in Camden County, and she had never heard of us and was super impressed by the things that we were doing and didn't understand why there wasn't a PALS program in Camden County. And I know they have kind of a high crime rate in that County and it's only, um, it's outside of me. So it's like one County over. So I don't know. I really don't know how any of that works. I mean, I don't, I don't do anything with the grant. Um, but I would, I would love to see the grant funded for every County. And it's, I feel like that's something that everybody should do everywhere. Like It just makes sense.
0: Certainly. Well, and this may sound like this may sound like a, sound like a, a relatively uh, obvious question, but um, well, I'm trying to think of how to phrase it, I think do you, would you agree with the thought that even though it's getting better, most I think just people in, we'll say the the states are unaware of the benefits of music therapy, other other types of art therapy, just in general.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's something that we deal with uh, daily. People don't know what we do. I know a lot of professionals get really upset about it, but I kind of view it as, I guess, an advocacy point. If you don't know about it and you're asking me about it, I just assume that means you want to know. Um, so it's really interesting because music therapy has been an official like career with a board, like a governing board, since the 50s. Oh. But people didn't right, right. That's usually the reaction. People, yeah. people didn't really know. I really think it's because people know now more because social media. Um, just people are able to say like, Hey, I'm a music therapist, and look at this viral video of someone reacting to a music therapist, um, as opposed to just like you know, such an iPod owner. this this is music therapy with a board-certified therapist so i think social media has really helped but also with the um the advent of fmris and other imaging um medical imaging and stuff like that we're able to start proving why what we were doing was working and then the medical community um could see you know quantifiable facts and proof and data and they started taking we were doing so much more seriously and that really caused a huge boom in um, jobs and things like that because we were able to communicate in the same language that, that medical professionals were communicating with, and then they started taking us a lot more seriously and we were, you know, see the benefit of what we do but most people have no idea what we do they think that music therapy might be Me creating a playlist or like a, you know, a mixtape for someone and saying, have a good day, or like playing Beethoven, like, how do you feel now? So I get it all the time. Um, (laughs) but yeah, and I know art therapists deal with like people thinking if you, you know, go buy a car and work for yourself, you're getting art therapy. So it's something that we all deal with, but I think we're trying really hard. To advocate for what we do and
0: for our clients. And everything. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's so much that, there's so much that goes on. I've, um, I worked for a time with the with a group in, uh, here in the woodlands, called um, Let Them Drum, and I think I maybe have briefly mentioned that group, um, and you know how, a lot of. A lot of our job, I because I, you know, obviously to have no no training and um, any sort of therapy like that. But I've, you know, I've played drums for a long time, and the way that the the uh, the founder Ralph Hicks, uh, who's a tremendous person, and um, I would I would love to get him on sometime, and maybe even have you guys interface somehow. Um, he's such a, he's such a great person for so many different reasons. But he he had on he he had me on. He was like hey, you know, um, we, this, this thing can be what it is, uh, before we get all the right people in the right places. But, um, you know, he, he said, what's cool is this allows people who don't have any training, who don't may not even be aware to the fullest extent that music therapy can help people, even though we're advocates for it and stuff, but it allows us to put a public face to, um, the, the idea to help advocate in that way. Um, sort of, I don't know, I, I don't know if you, if there's a stereotype for music therapists is if you guys are nerds or whatever. And, but it's like, you know, we're the hip, cool drummer face to it, and, and we're the biggest nerds ever, so I don't... But it, it, it works, you know, and um, just in this area, we had, and he started in the Woodlands, they expanded, um, I helped start the Magnolia chapter, I think now there's a Cypress, there's an Austin, I think maybe even, I had to check my... my Um, the website because he's constantly adding all of this Um, and i think there's one even in memphis so that kind of thing um you know we're as as musicians i think and that's one of the reasons why i wanted to have you on musicians who um are aware and want to do better i think can advocate just as much as somebody who's you know a, a certified therapist and i think that's um that's one of the things that I, I was hoping to to get out of this was having that be sort of on the forefront, and you know I will I'd, I'd love to like put some links up if you have some some stuff you uh, you like to circulate because one of the things about the podcast is so cool it's free it's so free and everybody can look at and see all of this wonderful information and you know hear from. From people like you who are working so hard and um i i try to do as, as much as i can but you know um but it, it's so cool and i think that um i think advocacy is is really important and like with the advent of social media like you said um the scientists can can have their have their message heard um, it, it's so exciting to me
1: <laughs> Yeah.
0: Well, uh, okay. So there's there's so much that we can uh, there's so much that we can talk about, and so at any time if you want to go back and um, Mm -hmm. rehash some stuff, we can. But um, you're certainly not a you're certainly a multifaceted person, Um, and I I know how how busy you are doing all of your different things. So um, you know, I know you from from indoor. I don't even know. Five years ago, six years ago. Oh. Um, yeah, I feel old now. But uh, what's what's, uh, what's some of your experience with that? Because I I think you you were saying how yeah, we could tie stuff in, and I think that's really cool. But you know, if somebody didn't know what indoor was, what what, what would you tell them about your experience there?
1: I feel like I live two different worlds, and. The- they collide, and um, a very, very small like sliver um, of my life is like people understanding both. So when I was at North Texas, uh, actually, we made fun of music therapy because we thought it was like holistic, y like oh, how does this make you feel? So like I've been there, lived that life. Whereas a music major, I was like, what's a music therapy? This is silly, and was in the competitive drum line realm, and not even everyone as a music major understands something like indoor drumline. Luckily, most people understood um, drum corps at North Texas. uh,
2: um,
1: But you get your vocalists and your string players that don't. Um, So that was like trying to explain that world to them. Um, And then people that did understand drum corps, explaining indoor drumline was an easier thing. You'd be like, it's just like drum corps, just... No brass days. We also have opinions, so now we kind of so like indoor drumline is like what people who want to play the same instrument for six months in the winter do. <laughs> like essentially, that's that's what it is. You're playing a show, the same seven minute show, and perfecting it for six months, and then you travel to Dayton, Ohio, in April when it's still cold and miserable, and <laughs> you compete against. Of 30 world class groups to be tw- one of what 15 finalists, I think is it now? Yeah, so it's as crazy as the people that want to do drum corps and play the same nine minute show for three months every day. Um, and then, so then there's like the music therapy world, and I remember getting there, and they don't understand indoor drum minor or like drum corps at all because. You're gonna have mostly vocalists, I have mm-hmm. found, and then you'll have some players who know what drum corps is, but they usually you're you're with vocalists or um, piano players, and they just don't know what it is and they don't understand the world at all. Um, and then, so like an in indoor drumline, people didn't know what music therapy was. Most people didn't, and then in music therapy, they don't know or they don't understand that weird competitive. Um, Focused on drumline things happens in the winter, so it's it's really interesting. What I found actually, um, when I was in my internship for music therapy, which is required, you have to do a twelve hundred hour clinical internship before you can study sports. Which makes, going to mess with people's brains. You should probably do it a lot before you get to do it to get paid. Of course. Um, So, right. (laughs) I would hope. So I actually had this minute when I was in my internship where I realized um, the parallels between my internship and drum corps Um, because there's kind of like those moments in drum corps where like like it's like the hardest thing you've ever done and it's beating you down physically and emotionally and the only people that really understand are the people you're marching next to and then you have this like crazy camaraderie with them and they're your brothers and sisters for life and some of your best friends. And, um, I found in my internship, um, I, I interned with an acute psych facility in a children's hospital and, uh, they were both very difficult. Um, clearly like acute psych, I was dealing with really intense cases of schizophrenia and bipolar and other major affective disorders and things like that for 40 hours a week. And then the children's hospital, of course, surrounded by really, really sick kids all the time. So, so it was really, really mentally difficult, and it took a toll on me physically as well. And I had um, just kind of a moment where I was like, man, this is actually similar to drum War, because I I felt so supported by my supervisors, and they really were the only ones that could truly understand exactly what I was going through. And my co-interns the same way they were the only ones that were going through exactly what I was going through, and it was also super, super hard for them. Um, and I felt like I, I could going to explain it to anybody because nobody really in music therapy had also done drum corps that I knew of and no one in drum corps was going into music therapy and so I I couldn't like really explain that really tense similarity but um, I thought it was very similar. My internship was really intense and I thought um, like transformative in every way, like super personally transformative in almost the same way that, well more so than drum corps um, and I think those are the two most transformative times in my life. So, um, they're very similar to me in the in the way that you approach, it, like mentally, and, uh, emotionally.
0: Well, and, uh, yeah, I think a lot of the, I mean, in in some ways, the practical effects, the the sound, just you know, at 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 base base value, the sound can produce feelings and an environment especially when it's so big and the scale is like that and um no that's that's that seems totally reasonable to me i never you know i never did drum core um but uh that 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 makes total sense um i do think um i i thinking of of you know the drum core and the indoor thing and drum core and indoor to me are sort of coming together at least as far as um a public face is concerned you know I think you were talking about even the advent of the WGI wins WGI is, is a fantastic organization I think um, in a lot of different ways you know they, they have sponsors and, and ads for all sorts of different things um, there was I can't remember if it was last year or maybe if it started two years ago and it's a new thing but um, the the group called I think they're the Free Players Have you seen that?
1: Yeah, I think that's. I know you're
0: talking about. Yeah. Yeah, um, And I'm going to certainly post a link to to that um, that group of of wonderful, wonderful folks, uh, the special needs performing ensemble. Um, I was just, I was blown away, and not. um, I I mean, those they were performers. They were out there. They put on a fantastic show, and I was so uh, I was happy not only about the show but that um, a group like that, WGI, used their, their broad and mass, um, you know, their audience and their, and their appeal. It's an, it's an attractive thing especially for young people who need to know what's happening, they need to understand. Um, that was one of the coolest things that they would use that and, and lift up those people who are doing such awesome work and giving that experience. Um, when I marched indoor that would never have occurred to me. I thought, well, nobody's worked hard enough for those, for those folks to make up for the differences and, um, and then their abilities and stuff. But (laughs) as it was, it was so cool. And, um, you know, I'm hoping it's only a matter of time before, um, that, that even expands more, you know, I I don't know if it, if it needs another division or if there's like a drum core kind of setting, that would be cool. But, um, that made that made me feel a lot better. And when I was doing a little bit of research for this, I was um, I saw that and definitely wanted to mention that and see see what you thought about it.
1: Yeah, uh, I I cried when I saw that. <laughs> I think <laughs> one of the most important for individual um, we with uh, developmental disabilities or delays, uh, his inclusion and that the fact that. We are doing so much better as a society to understand that. You know, research shows that they they can catch up almost completely developmentally if they are surrounded by people um, that are typically developing. And it used to be that these people were put in asylums and kept away, which completely stunted their development, and as well as created a whole bunch of psychological issues. Um, you know, can you imagine being stuck in an asylum for your whole life? You know, of course that's going to have... Right, right. Psychological effects, and this, you know, was going on all the way, going on all the way up to like the '80s. Was this was a problem, which is really, really insane to think about, because um, this was, you know, a French generation all the way up until then. Um, so, the the biggest thing to me is this inclusion that people are like, yo. Well, why are we, like you said, why aren't we finding people to help meet the needs so that they can achieve at this level? Um, and I think the thing that, the second thing that really got me was this reaction of, of people in the stadium, is that, like, um, I really do think that people are inherently good, and I think just seeing people will just freak out and be so excited for, them, so excited to share that moment with them and, and to see them and, and to be their witness. You know, to say, like, I see you, hear you, I see the work you did, I, I you know, like, and I appreciate what you're doing and you're standing in front of us and, and giving it your all. Um, and that kind of shared humanity um, is something that I can do. to always give those individuals in our society. So to see, You know, a stadium full of people that that reacted so positively, especially knowing that they tend to be mostly teenagers in that audience and they responded well. And we usually look down on adolescents for their terrible behavior, but but everyone in there was so happy, you know, and so welcoming. And I think that is really what got me, um, is that those individuals got to have that experience and have such a positive reaction. Oh, I love it so much. (laughs) It
0: was so good. Yeah. It's, it's one of the things that like I look forward to. I'm, I'm hoping, you know, to see, to see more, I'm hoping to see it grow. It, um, and, and I'm, and I'm, I'm really glad you mentioned the, uh, you know, the young people, the audience that that's aimed at. It's, it's a perfect, it's a perfect in between time, you know, before kids, you know, sort of before kids are old enough to really perform or care about competition or whatever. Um, they're probably not learning much about that. And so that time when they're almost adults, 15, 16, 17, 18, um, you know, if they're not, if they're not shown the idea of inclusion and um, community and unity, that something like that might might show them, um, it's hard to get. If you turn 18 and you've never met anybody with different or special needs, you might grow up to be an adult that's like, completely ignorant of that fact and um you know it's not impossible to overcome that i was not i I like to consider myself a a compassionate and and empathetic person and i didn't know anybody um personally that that had any sort of special needs and i didn't really um i wasn't nurtured that way in where i went to school or when i was performing but um you know uh, i think it's so important to show it to to that group not only that group but um by the time little brother, little sister, um, or, you know, when they when they start to get to be performing age, that will be the norm. Or when those folks that are performing on the floor get to be teachers, which a lot of them will be, statistically speaking. They're going to teach indoor at some point, or drum corps, or music, or English. Um, that will be the norm, and it will be made the norm by, by starting that. And, I mean, there was, yeah, I... <laughs> i i welled up too and there was people in the audience that had never seen anything like that before it had never occurred to them and they're it just uh it's it's it was so cool and i was i was a little disenchanted with indoor honestly by by that by that time but but then i saw that and i was like okay they're they're doing they're doing something something really special
1: A lot of things I think we're really doing um, a disservice to so many of our young people because they, we aren't really, as much as we try to say we're inclusive, especially in Texas, I noticed that the schools aren't super inclusive. Like when I was in high school, I actually did not see a single person with a disability. I don't, I don't, I'm pretty sure they're at a different school. Um, which kind of blows my mind now that I think about it. Because then when I was getting my therapy training, I, some of my clinical practicum work at a school where they, they integrate, mm-hmm. uh, typically, and they um, want to delay children. I really had, I had literally never seen that. And so I think, I don't know if it's a Texas thing. I really can't speak to other states, and I can't speak, speak to the local state of Texas. I can only really speak to crumb ISD, the so little tiny Crum, Texas um, and I don't even know what they're doing now, but when I was there, it was not inclusive. And I think it sucks that we have to think of, we have, of exposing um, adolescents or children to those, to those. But it's true, we we really do have to expose people to differences so that they can accept and understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and I not, we are really doing a disservice because these people are in our lives and they are part of a population, and if we aren't exposed, and we don't get to figure out how to be be accepting, then I don't understand how we can really fault, fault, I guess, the typical population for not understanding. So, yeah, I am so excited WGI did that for sure. I think they have a really tough job of trying to stay relevant in a world that is pulling away from live music and pulling away from active music making. And they have
3: to find a way to, 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 to make money, money, and the
1: advancements of the
3: internet, and you know, there's a lot of, of the lobby. They, they, they have a hard, hard job. You know, trying to,
1: you know, they have a lot of things trying to figure out how to do,
2: um,
3: and they have
1: to appeal to the, the young.
2: Um,
1: yeah, so I Just keep circling back. To that. I just can't believe they did that, and I'm so impressed with them for sure. Yeah, it's, um,
0: and w- when I was. You know, I, I taught in the public schools for a time, and um, I was I was very, um, I was very thankful for the opportunity I got to work with. Um, and honestly, I wasn't I wasn't made aware of every every aspect of that. But you know, there's if if a kid's got something going on of of any kind, um, usually they let you know just just enough. And I was like, okay. Um, I feel very thankful because uh, a, a lot of those kids I feel like weren't weren't included they didn't they weren't achieving to a certain level right away and instead of the extra little bit of time uh, the extra you know two hours of planning for a given lesson or the extra, you know, the extra ensemble you might have to prepare or whatever. Um, I feel like I, my, one of my goals was to make everybody in the program feel like, um, they were a part, not only a part, but as much of a part as anyone else. And that's hard to do. Some people are getting, preparing college auditions and are playing different literature than your incoming freshmen learning how to be a person. Um, but you know, that was, that was always one of my goals. Um, is to to do that and give everyone started with the same chance everyone's as, as much as was possible from my end of things and then you know from there we made it happen and it's um you know I was it, that was one thing I did I liked about being an educator in the public school system I was I felt like I was able to give give a little bit that I had to to some of those folks um you know, not knowing the ins and outs of, of their struggles, but not part of the reason I didn't like pry a lot about that, or I didn't, you know, delve into the exacts of it is I didn't, I didn't want to know. It didn't, didn't matter why I wanted everyone to feel like, um, they were as much of the studio as, as anybody else. And so, you know, um, you know, there was, there's some specific stuff obviously that, that had to be taken care of, but, um, I, I don't feel like, I don't feel like where I was at, uh, folks with special needs or disabilities are, are treated correctly, uh, either. So I, I don't know, that's, it's, it's such a complicated thing and, um, you know, I was only in the public school system for a short time, but, um, you know, I, I think, uh, I don't know, I think there's, there's still a lot of work to do. Um, in that regard.
1: It's so hard in the school systems, especially, like, what I am Like, you're looking at schools that need to get money for, for achieving, and, like, so you have the standardized testing issues, like, stem from that, where they wanted to do well because they want money. So that, to me, that really shows show the, the issue with integration, because if you're integrate, you risk lowering grades test scores, right? So... If you're in a school district that wants money, it, it makes it really hard to integrate. And then, and as, and as far as like music education goes, there's so much pressure and texture and technique to do well. Like, Texas is such a high achieving, achieving
3: state, state, state. Like, like,
1: We were ridiculous. ridiculous.
3: And so, I know so many band
1: directors there. there friends, that pressure to do well do is well ridiculous. ridiculous. So, so, a lot of
3: a lot less. Less.
1: it didn't seem worth it. Worth it, to it. be planning. To help, to help
3: integrate somebody, somebody. in, and I have I have three
1: bands. And
3: need to go to
1: state or state whatever,
3: or whatever, whatever else,
1: well, I don't have time to be doing this because I'm also this is amazing amazing for, next name, for next March Band Night, Night Night, five early. extracurricular that I'm doing, and
2: there's
1: a lot of pressure on the band because to achieve at such a high level,
3: and so it's right, goal
1: to
3: also also try to integrate.
1: Like I I
3: understand the issue. Like things that there's a lot of them to really the way a to um, um, for sure. sure. And, then also, and then I also actually don't really
1: forget
3: forget the <laughs> dark I that you not necessarily want to know I think, I think know. that's I think like that's like one I I actually back,
1: back when I was in, when I was
3: in, like facility, we never, we never, never charge, charge, charge. They in, walked into the arms of arms. Oftentimes, because they're like, he was like, "Come on, come on," and like, never damage anything any before because it's cute. They it might be in for five days, they might be in for it Friday. Friday. It be two weeks. That's usually it. So oftentimes,
2: my one advisor would say, "You know, it doesn't,
3: it doesn't really matter what they have." What their diagnosis is, what they're currently going through, whatever their issue is, what matters mm-hmm. is that is when walk on on the
1: floor. what's happening in that moment, right? The Right thing is like what can you do in that moment to be there? Because you might look at someone's chart and say like, oh, they have schizophrenia. So I know exactly what they're going to act like. Act like and then in there, and in there and, like you and thought, and you have any preconceived idea this person is or what they're going to be. Um, but I, so I have found definitely not knowing the, can help you. Um, be more mindful in the moment and, and be ready to, to what someone needs right then and there without having a, without having a um, But also, I'm telling you,
3: I'm telling you, 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 i am telling you i am telling to i true, i i, like, I kind of, am um, telling you i am telling you i am i am telling you i i am telling you i i am telling to set aside because i my phone knowing and I might and I like, all so that is anything nice, about back to my section really can wear and I'm doing I'm doing the not, not yeah. the and then yeah. this I so I think that can can be of some of the materials just a list of
0: Yeah well it's like <laughs> And and too, one of the one of the things I'm realizing is a lot of this um you know I won't say it's exactly the same but in in my um, my interpersonal relationships with with everyone I I realized for example like um I don't I don't mean for for one second to try and equate someone with a disability to someone having a bad day but as far as interpersonal communication goes it's not your normal everyday um they, Interaction necessarily. You you would approach those things differently, and um, I've learned that I don't need to know exactly what happened with with my with the person who's who's having a bad day or is crying or you know any one of those things. I just I'm there. If I want to offer comfort, I offer comfort first. You know, sure. What what happened? What's going on? But um, you know, getting getting to work with some of those. Some of those folks with, uh, with some different things going on made me I feel like more more open as a person and just more uh, that I had I have more to give I had more uh, and and was able to, able to be more thorough um, just as a person as an as an empath and uh, as a as a member of society. Yeah. I think uh, I
1: think you said. And someone someone I don't want to equate someone having a disability with someone having a bad thing. I think that's something um, that you can equate though because, because I think sometimes we forget, forget these people are also human and, and and sometimes there there is that there is that trap that fall in where we want to be developed e and develop high functioning People in society, right? We want to feel, sorry, feel sorry for them sometimes. Oh, you know, we're going through some of the hard things. But but more you're able, to be around, around that function to function differently. You're able to see, like most of the time, they don't need you to pity you to pity. They they don't need you to feel sorry because this is this is their reality. So. You know, when you're able to kind of step back and view people as such, as such, you're having having a
3: day, can view in mm-hmm. view,
1: in mm-hmm. it, no matter what, no matter what you're emotionally is it's
3: the same, it's the, same. It's the same, because it's interpersonal relationships. That's why you're able to do that. You can, you can expose yourself, yourself, as you have in the the functioning functioning levels, then you can then you get better at being mean, with individuals in functioning levels. Well, well, it's just how it is that you're going to be a better society because you're, gonna, you're, you're going to be able to recognize your strengths restriction and your faults and your faults and your faults and your so It just it makes you aware of your normal life. So I can relate it. I think it can be all of your first relationships. It's just insane. Um, you know, yeah. Definitely
0: def- can't, can Well, that's a good, that's a, that's a good perspective, and and some of it is, um, you know, it's it's hard it's it's hard to put into words, I guess, since I'm just I don't uh I don't really get to talk about it much, honestly. But that's that's good. It's good to have a. It's good to know, you know, that um, I don't know. It's it's just good to know what's going on and talk about it and. And, and feel it out. Um, okay well so that's there's other let's see I wanted to ask about okay so on top I know you're we I could probably talk all day about therapy and stuff and we'll, we'll relate everything surely but uh, so you um, what are what are some of your current projects? I know you're you're teaching some some indoor, Sure. So, i so not super sure between my projects I'll just start going well. <laughs> that.
3: Like,
2: yeah. yeah. So, uh, um, <laughs> I
3: have some stuff
1: in music therapy that I'm working on. Um, I'm currently starting my thesis for my master's. Mm-hmm. It's uh, quite a lengthy process. I'm, at, I'm at just starting to gather all my literature for my lit review. Um, and I do want to publish, so it's like a way long, way long process than just doing a doing at a clinical the clinical so I have to like go through the IRB and all of that stuff. So I'm starting that and I'm gonna be doing my, my research um, my current my current population is child witnesses of domestic violence. I don't know what my research question is yet. It hasn't been approved about can't can't tell you that. But I'm I, I'm i that. I'm finishing finishing well finish my masters. I am also also um, trying to get on the state to state task force in New Jersey
2: to work with um,
1: lawmakers um, to implement policy that, uh, that would
3: help um, you know losing state as, as, as well as region, our region and land Atlantic region. Uh um I am. I'm doing a lot of, a lot of yeah, 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 uh, CM yeah, on presenting, presenting and the return for it. Sweet, On my, my, I, did and I did a, treatment. Treatment. Yeah, yeah. I did, and and I did on a, a, patient, patient perception, reception, surgery, surgery, patient perception, reception, treatment. treatment. Um, and really, um, really, how how CMJ labels, and J zip turns, label turns, and all of that. So I'm like, doing all of that. Um, so, uh, and for So self, self, I'm so out of self-care, and I I need really, like I like get in my my right now. Like like I'm gonna I'm gonna try to to just like just like get in get mm-hmm. in there in, get in there and get ready right mm-hmm. now. Um, get as much as, mm-hmm. various, as various. <laughs> I can. Um, um. So for, for, for self-care, soft I I I back into drumline. Drumline. I took a break, I took a break for a year. For a year. A year drumming, 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 and I could so, so I jumped right back, back in again. I am feeling like you're drumline, which is, which is, which is super, super fun. fun. I, love so I love it so much. So, much. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's, where so that's that's one. Cool. And um, I'm uh, teaching United percussion. I'm a secondary player, and it's amazing. I I actually
1: marched United percussion um, in 20 in 2013. So it kind of felt like I wanted to be able to come back and, and work with them. So during the week, I do 40 hours, hours of therapy a week where I'm trying to do stuff at my job. I'm trying to advocate um, to my community for therapy for victims in the community. I'm trying to do stuff at the state level and the region level. And it's, on the weekend I do how many hours? What is it? Indoor, like twenty four hours a weekend or something of rehearsal, or something
2: ridiculous. Yeah, something So that's
1: yeah. That's one of my week. It's like like five plus hours of like really intense music based stuff. stuff and, and, but it's awesome to win at the age it, so that's what I'm doing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, for sure. That's uh that's good. And and to me as someone who's in a I'm floating around rock bands right now. And that's sort of been my, my, idea. the, the, the language behind projects is, I guess I like any, anything not necessarily tied to a genre or a group or whatever, like, um, but uh, no, I, I, that's cool. And, um, I'm actually getting ready to, uh, I'm getting ready to start my masters in composition, uh, where I go, I'm not sure. Yeah, I know I'm. am so excited about that because, um, just and part of the reason is, uh, I want to. One of the things I like writing about writing music is um, the uniting people, uniting people to to play it, to perform it, uh, certainly to listen to it, to critique it. You know, some of the some of the coolest people I've met are people that were like, huh, this is exactly what I didn't like about the piece that you wrote. And I was like, oh, okay, this is fun. I get to practice my humility. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so that's, I mean, by by projects, just anything, because it can be, I know it can be easy to, um, I don't mean like, the, I guess two different ways to look at the same thing. The good way would be like giving your all to your, um your occupation and your uh, your career path and that or it could be some people might view it as you know being sort of uh, I don't know drowning in it or being becoming overwhelmed but uh, you know it doesn't doesn't sound like you're <clears throat> sounds like you're 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 super excited and happy and kind of like I am with it. Yeah, yeah, you
1: yeah, you met I have a by who I think is, like, one of, is
3: one of the most brilliant people I've, I've ever been ever met. life. He's, He's an, like an like incredible music,
1: music. He, he was an LA
3: was in LA music producing for a while, that was his first, first degree. degree. Incredible, incredible guitar, guitar player, player. Like, like an amazing, amazing guitar player, guitar incredible, incredible musician. musician. And, yeah. and he put all felt this all this pain in there for the years, you know, when he went back and that was his own career and he... I I always asked him I because ask because I, I don't understand why you're I'm not presenting at, at conferences at and why you haven't published research journals, journals. and. To me, I feel like I he could, write, like he a could write, write a book on,
1: on you know you know. Music, therapy. music yeah. therapy. He's amazing. He's incredible. But for him, he said the the, the way, way for me me
3: to be able to, to be able to do this job. Wow wow. Means I need to I, can't I do, do, do any of the many other stuff. I can't, I can't do music. There's it. There's what I want. What I want. What I do. I can't do any of that. And and I remember I remember really made really really being upset. Like with this thing, all this, all thing. this talent. All all talent blah blah blah. But when I when I step back, you know you know his his the way way he can be there if it's help his help me spend more by not by not really walks on walks out, and more discipline like stuff like he teaches your starlet starlet. He's in he's in. And all well, like all well, like bands, for bands, for bands, and heat, and heat, and, he, and that's a, that's what he wants to do. two times, three times, and then I had a different super, super He's like he's like
1: on, of executive boards in music therapy, and he's published stuff, and he's an you know internship director, and he does all this extra stuff, and it's easy for him because he he wants to do it, and I think I fall on that side where I want to do it. Doesn't feel like. I'm like taking work home from you, I guess? I don't
2: know. So, I guess it's, it's, it's not like, I mean, I know
3: a
1: lot of the, the, the people like band, banders that they have to do work at home because that's the only way they can get it done, done, and it, it feels
3: like awful and full and like they're doing work at home. But,
2: I mean, because am not doing stuff that is related
3: to my actual agency at home, it doesn't feel like it. I don't know.
0: <laughs> I don't really know how to describe it. I'm a really different. Oh, that's... I think that's good. I think it takes... I think it takes all kinds of different approaches. Um, uh, it's the same... You know, I, I equate a lot of what I do to composition and a lot of what I see in other people. Um, you know, I, there's... I don't know. It's... It's It's, it's tricky to, to sort of go all in for one thing. But that uh, does... Um, it sort of reminds me, uh, through through my studies of composition, I've heard the uh, you know you can you can be a great composer. You don't need any sort of schooling or degree for it. Some people are just oh, hi, kid. Some people are just like really awesome uh, composers and orchestrators and arrangers. Um, they have these great ideas and they're able to just sort of flow and <laughs> um. So so you're going to school. For a specific reason. Now, I know uh, being certified, being qualified to work as a, as a therapist, that's a good reason because you need to do that. Sure. Um, for I've, I've heard for for a composition degree, if you're gonna if you're gonna get one, you kind of need to get three. Um, you know, so I'm I'm looking I'm looking at my master's program. And I'm thinking, okay, cool. How is my master's program now going to help me get into doctoral school and how am I going to end up teaching college um, mm-hmm. so what is what is uh, after a master's say in, in music therapy what what happens then do you what where is your where's your journey take you after that
1: to spend some time in our field we're so the bachelor's level entry now most other therapies are master's level entry so we are a little behind and I am there are there are two different fields or um, views on this and I am of the view that we master be masters of entry um, because every other therapy is for a reason I firmly believe and also it's really hard to cram all the information that people need um, in four years um, the undergrads definitely feel it a lot of them feel very uncomfortable Um just with the amount of work they have to do. You're a music major, which you know is very difficult, plus being a therapy major, so you're doing all the stuff like ensembles and lessons and all
3: the same the same advanced or just simple stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Like it, it is, really, is really it's really rigid, really so, so right now, right, right now a lot of people back. Some um, um, of master, master, master in, and in, they're like there day, every day, every day, every day, but a lot of them go back and go back or whatever their favorite is and working, schools. Some of them go back, Some of them might go back, go back. back some of like Disney, admin, So really, really, you know, master, master, which different games. for me, for um. Some some um I thought about I thought about meeting, there are only two only in the in real students mm-hmm. Um one is one is a, a University University mm-hmm. and then uh, I'm uh, right next i right next I I definitely
1: want
2: to go
1: But a lot of people when they get their doctorate um if they don't get it music therapy which most don't they might get it again in special so ed. Some people do, and like, general general studies, studies, and,
3: and they, they research, and research, research in New and I think and one of my professors got in research,
1: research, research thing. thing. Like, uh I actually don't even know. some sort of research degree. So she literally is an expert on research, which is great if she is in the faculty of a university teaching master's students how to complete their thesis stuff. So, People kind of pick all these different avenues, and I definitely want to teach at a university level as well. So, PhD is pretty much necessary for me. And Kimble her PhD is psych and medical music therapy, which are the two populations that I want to. So, it's actually perfect. Yeah. Well,
2: that's
0: uh, that's fascinating. You know, I, I hadn't even considered that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess if once you're the, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. Uh, finish a bachelor's degree, start working. That never, uh, never really occurred to me before. That, you know, I guess what when you finish a bachelor's, you're 22 or 23. Yikes, you know, <laughs> that's. Uh, no, that, that is wild. Um, well, hmm. How how long? I don't know. How long do you think something like that it takes to change, like the master's level entry?
1: We're working on it. I honestly think it's going to happen in the next couple of years. It's something that at business meetings at the national convention or or conference—I should not say convention; it is conference. When they have the business meetings, um, it is something that they are talking about every single year at conferences. It's a very—it is probably the most hot topic for us right now. Um, as a national organization. And from the people I've talked to that are on the committees that are talking about it, I know it's going to be soon. So, what's going to happen for those that entered into the field as bachelor's levels, they will get grandfathered in because they're professionals. You know, they're not going to have to go and get a degree. They're not going to get their certification taken away from them. Um, I'm not sure that we are moving towards it. I think what they are trying to figure out right now is what it's going to look like. Because right now, you do the coursework and um all the practicums and everything and then you do your internship and then you sit for boards so they're basically arguing about whether it's going to be bachelor's internship masters or if it's like bachelor's master's internship or bachelor's master's internship during your masters you know so they're just trying to figure out how they're going to split up the clinical hours when the music training comes in when the therapy training comes in all that kind of boring stuff (laughs) So it's it's really crazy that that is like the political
0: argument in
1: a field. <laughs> that's yeah, that's what's going
0: on. Well, I guess if it's if it's got political, yeah, um, it's got political things going on, and people are arguing about it, it's one step closer to you know <laughs> being mainstream and legitimize air quotes legitimize okay well
1: I know I think it's (laughs) like
0: well I I mean I'm I'm glad I'm glad to hear because I like I said I don't talk to I don't talk to many therapists I went to as a matter of fact my vocal studio when I was at Sam was a lot of therapists um, and I think a lot of them are working, but, you know, they're so, they're so busy, and, um, I think a lot of those just, you know, happenstance, I'm at the age now, and we're, we're at the age now where people are getting married, and it's so cute, and they're starting families, I'm, I've got a lot more, you know, <laughs> a lot more work to do, so it's, it's, it's good that, um, uh, it's good that I, I I'm so grateful to to be able to learn about it and um, and and talk about it and and hopefully um, you know I, I I love getting different people's perspective. Um, do you uh, do you get a chance to interface with a lot of people from you know teaching or not teaching rather uh, that are practicing in other other parts of the country or. Uh, is, has it expanded enough and, and what, what, are your, what are your experiences there? Uh well, no know know, music therapy is one of the most amazing, amazing music therapy
3: yeah.
2: are so happy to share their experiences.
3: I honestly, I honestly have never met music therapists that that I was, I was like kind of months, number six, number six, I don't I know many of those no. no. Everyone, everyone well, always wants to share what share, share they're, they're doing on, um, what they're doing doing it, doing it very, are very passionate, passionate about what they're doing. People discover that, that it's not for them, but people so, not, them so people say it's not, nice like, no finding a band. Being a band or is there is no way for me. I mean, I, I would have worked out one year once, you know, so, you know, so people kind, kind of, of figure out but the ones are doing doing it are very passionate about it. So I have been able to introduce, um, at national concerts that's really a better for, and, um, you know, you get, you, get you get a lot of, of engineering education, education credit here you do a lot of a lot of sessions going on, resolution all this uh are doing are doing or we have some we incredible researchers like thing and psychic giant that's giant neural neurolog neurologic music there's a lot of presenting but that's a freaking so so that's amazing and a um, lot um, of a lot of mouth and mouth. Um so so I think, I think, I mean, I, I, mean, I always kind of think on the that I was in school with, you know, Ohio, 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 and we, and we kind in Ohio, of, I was in Ohio, and kind of spread out a little bit. bit. Um, and so, you know, I'm going to with the Chili, our
2: other peers
1: from when we went to school, but also to meet new people. Like, I, I usually gravitate towards trying to meet, like, Texan music therapists, you know, like, oh, go home state. <laughs> um, and then, for well, Conferences, so like the Mid Atlantic region conference is next week. So that is New York, Connecticut, uh, DC, probably Virginia, maybe not. I don't know West Virginia for sure, Philadelphia, New Jersey. So it's like our region, and those ones are a lot more intimate. Like we really people know each other really well in the region, Um, and then we we interface a lot. People talk a lot about the research and advocacy advocacy and what we're doing, there's a lot of committees. Uh, I cannot even tell you like all the committees there are. Like there's a committee for like social justice. I'm pretty sure. Wow. Um, and there's a yeah, there's a committee for um, like a, there's definitely an advocacy committee. There's you know, state task forces and things like that. So there's a lot of people that are are working to do policy change and and to to keep spreading music therapy and to do what's best for our, our field and um, even like trying to communicate well with other therapies like speech language pathologists trying to make sure that we are able to communicate well with them and that we know our scope of practice and that we don't invade on theirs and that they know what ours is so they don't think we're trying to invade on, upon theirs you know things like that we have it is really really intense what happens at these conferences you know so the, the long answer for that is that. The short answer is yes. <laughs> also, because we have, you know, there's a, um, a Facebook group called Music Therapists Unite, and any um, music therapy student, or intern, or professional can be on it. And they have to be; uh, they have to go through this process where they prove that they're a music therapy student or intern or professional. But basically, you have they want every music therapist on this Facebook page uh-huh. so that people can post like ideas and and meetings, and groups, and um, I don't know, there's a lot of really cool stuff that goes on there. Like, they'll post continuing education opportunities, and workshops, and webinars, and YouTube videos, and literally just so I think social media has made it, again, a lot easier to do all that. If you're wondering, there are, I think, almost, well, there's over six Thousand of us, I think, board certified music therapists in the country. So sometimes it seems like, like, man, there's six thousand of them. But then if you think about how many people there are in the country, we're looking at however many billion, uh-huh. uh, and then you try to think about all the people that have needs. Like you're thinking about everyone who's ever been in a hospital that had a hard time, that you know was there for longer than they needed to be because they suffered psychosocial, like like psychological feeling. You know, and you think about everyone that has. a uh, emotional and behavioral disorder. Everyone that has a developmental disability, every aging person, like the geriatric population, all the people with Alzheimer's and dementia, uh, refugees, uh, immigrants, all these people who have needs. So at first, you're like six thousand seems like a lot, and then when you think about the people with needs, you're like six thousand is not oh, enough. Really not. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. Well, uh, well, so that that kind of makes me think. Um, is is there is there anything going on overseas that's comparable or uh, happening maybe in tandem that you've that you've heard about? Wow, in the American government, a here.
2: this
3: year, and I know there's a couple. I read everything about all the international music but I know Australia has a really
2: incredible thing
3: going on over there. They are, they are spitting out so much amazing research. Um, I think Melbourne. I don't know what university would be over there, but Melbourne is like really spitting out some incredible research. So they're doing a lot of the music therapy, and a lot of the. Uh, Germany has some,
1: some amazing music therapy. And I think a lot of the, the countries are down there as well. I met a music therapist from. I felt really bad because she was in one of those really, really, really tiny European countries that was like maybe the size of New Jersey. Um, I, I cannot remember where she was from. It with an S. this oh, is so bad. But she. she this is going to haunt my dreams because she was working in the, the prisons over there and she was trained in Germany. So they, they have a lot of um, Norway. Maybe. There's some, there's a Nordic journal of music therapy. And so it pretty much covers all those um, countries. They're doing some incredible stuff. They're really heavy on like feminist theory and feminist perspectives over there, which is uh, incredible. And Germany is really heavy on like psychodynamic theory. Um, I think England or like Britain, they have a lot of good music therapy stuff happening. So basically, I feel like um, the industrialized countries have got it going on. And you're looking at some of the like, South Asian countries, they, their students come over here because they, they don't have programs there. So they come and get certified over here, and they're trying to go back home and, and instate some of those practices mm-hmm. and start those programs over there. I think also like South America. I don't know if they have anything, so they come up here a lot to get trained as
0: well. That's uh, that's such that's such. Basically,
1: cool. I just yeah. I feel like a really ignorant American because I'm like I don't super know of everything going on over there, but everyone's doing some really like amazing amazing work.
0: Well, I mean, if you're you're. You appear to be pretty focused on what's, what you've got going on there, so it's that's that's reasonable. I, I certainly won't hold any judgment for that. Yeah, <laughs> and that's what like you know YouTube and TED Talks are for.
1: Right, we need we need some good like music therapy TED talks. I think I saw. I mean, there's been a lot of really good music in the brain ones, which I'm all about because then that opens up people. When I talk about music therapy, they're like, "Oh, I saw this TED talk on how music affects brain." I'm like, "Yes, that we studied that, like we know that we are very well aware of that, and very well aware of what part of your brain I'm affecting and why and why I'm doing what I'm doing." Um, so it opens people up to the conversation, but we definitely need some music therapy TED talks where someone talks about. This is what we do, and this is why it's different than just sticking an iPod in the ear of someone with dementia and saying it's music therapy. You know, we definitely need some good TED Talks. But we're we're getting there. We're very close. People are ready to listen.
0: That would be one, like, I would have to be there. I would would kick myself if I wasn't there. Um... uh, Well, I, so I wasn't, I wasn't sure how, um, I wasn't sure the state of affairs because and I, for, for a time I, I was heavily considering, um, pursuing music therapy as even as an undergrad, because I started, uh, I started as a journalism major and, and ended up switching, um, the, the, my 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 path sort of made itself evident and uh, it wasn't that I chose not to do therapy I just chose composition was was really what what sort of spoke to me um, again when I was looking at, at graduate programs I was thinking well you know is it possible but, um, even though I've decided to do some other things for for a degree um, what what is what are some things that like musicians can do or just your your lay person, not even involved in music professionally. What 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 can we do to to help?
1: Oh, that's a good question. We because I ooh, I feel like that that's kind of twofold. Like, there are things. Let me think about this. Let me do the bad first. A lot of times, people think that that anyone can do music therapy and that because they can maybe play an instrument while that they can do music therapy. So we have a lot of issues where we will hear of someone doing music therapy in like a nursing home and it's actually uh, like a volunteer, um, which is amazing. We need volunteers because there's only 6,000 music therapists so we need music volunteers. But We'll have them saying, "I'm doing music therapy," but they're not trained in the therapy part. So when music creates emotions or memories or things that need to be processed, they're not going to do it. And so we actually spend a lot of time contacting these people and saying, "You can't. What you're doing this music therapy. It's not music therapy. You know, if you want music therapy, here's a, a board-certified professional." But so like, there's that aspect. Make sure a first and foremost, you if you're not a board-certified music therapist, don't say what you're doing is music therapy. Um, that being said we don't have like we can't stop anyone from using music therapeutically yeah. that's different um, using music therapeutically is what most people do in everyday life you know like they listen to a song and come, to calm themselves down it's something that we we kind of intrinsically know that music helps us right which is why music therapy is a profession because we know that it helps right. us um, so like using music therapeutically is different and, and to, to help in that way is different so first and foremost don't don't say that you're doing music therapy if you're not by a board certified music therapist. Um, so I think the biggest thing is just um, going to those like hill days uh, in your capital, whatever state you're in, and advocating for the creative arts, advocating for music, for, um, for music not to get cut in schools. Because I would not be here as a music therapist if I didn't have a band in high school training me how to be a musician and opening me up to the arts right? None of us would have been here if we didn't have piano lessons, Mm -hmm. right? If someone didn't tell us how how it was. We have to have strong bonds with our music educators because my friends that are music educators are training the people who will become music therapists or they are training children so that they they want to be in music therapy because they connect to music, right? Because someone might not need music therapy, but they can still benefit from what music can do for you, right? So I think if you are an educator or you have been affected by music, um, going to those hill days into the Capitol and advocating for what you do and showing the benefits of it and and not letting it get cut, not letting the arts get cut. All of the arts, you know, not everyone needs music therapy. Some people are better for art therapy or drama therapy or dance therapy, and those things wouldn't be there without their respective parts in school. So I think continuing to advocate for all of that and just standing up for those... Rights and not letting it cut. Um, I really respect the people that hold fundraisers to to have marching dinky little marching bands in their tiny little schools, like those kind of things. Um, Getting getting a music therapist to come talk at your school for your kids. Um, Kids in band are like, I love music and I want to major in it, but I don't want to do performance or ed. You know what what can I do? Um, So I think getting a music therapist in there to talk. Um, or telling the school counselor that they should um, refer out to a music therapist. or you know, So it's just like, kind of educating yourself on what music therapy is and just continuing to advocate for music and its amazing powers. <laughs> I think those are the biggest things.
0: Uh, yeah, okay. That's, I mean, that's, that's kind of what I thought. The practical things, making sure it still exists. Making sure that yeah, we have to. um, are there any um, are there any national organizations like save save say I was going to hold a benefit concert and I'm thinking uh, not so much hypothetically. Um, I I plan to use my what platform I have what exposure I have for for some good that's like not for my personal benefit say I'm going to throw a benefit concert. Um, do I look specifically for local charities? Is there a national music therapy organization? Um, you know, what, what are some, some of the, the scales that I can look at?
1: Sure. So I think some of the things would be, we do have a national organization, the American music therapy association. Um, so that website is musictherapy.org. Okay. So you can look at that. I would always look at the task forces. They are the people that are gonna help. But Texas, um, the task force there, the Texas State Task Force for Music Therapy, they are doing some work. They are passionate individuals trying to get music therapy to, to really explode in Texas. Um, so they they would be someone that you could to for sure. I know the next thing for you would be looking at Places like um, HIRR, that hospital there, uh, and then like Memorial Hermann Children's Hospitals, they all have music therapy. So getting in touch with those music therapists, um, those are going to be the people who have the best connections with the other music therapists. It's um, so like the, that rehabilitation, things like that. So I think it would be looking at your state organization and then the national, but... Yeah, in your area, you have, have, like, hospitals and things like that where they always can use money for more instruments, and they they would know if people who would need more than they would if they don't need anything. They also do, you know, when I was at the children's hospital in Pittsburgh, they pulled in a lot of, like, bands and stuff to perform um, for those kids, especially the ones that have to be there for a really, really long time. So a lot of times they do... Um, performances in the hospital for the kids. Um, or they do like sensory experiences where the kids, you know, get to interact with the instruments. Or they had artists come in, they had sports teams come in, all this. So, there is ways to benefit, um, people in need, even if you're not directly giving it to music therapy per se. You know, but I think contacting the music therapist, they can really help figure out where that money can go.
0: All right let me see if I've see if I've touched on everything um yeah I, I I say this a, a lot <laughs> I hope hope I say it enough that um I'm, I'm extremely grateful for, for for you for you for you talking to me and um you know sharing your experiences and you know there's my my interest and in my uh, interest is a good word. My my and my dedication, I guess, goes a lot farther than uh, you know, uh, an hour or so on a podcast goes. But uh, um, this is a, a thing I think is accessible to a lot of people, or, or could be. It has a potential to be. Um, um, you know, as a show host, I, I like to think my ego is a little bit there for me, saying, you know, there's there's some people that might listen. <laughs> Um, and there's I'm uh, you know I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna really push it. and it's it's a, it's a thing that's extremely important to me um, and the more I learn about it, the more important it is to me. And the more I realize that uh, you know not only does it help me um, and the people that I'm around personally, it, it just it's, it makes the world a better place and that at the end of the day, not a lot of composers will say that.'m um, I want more. I want more uh, music for the world to enjoy, whether it's beautiful music or whether it's sad music or whether it's happy music or whether it's music that nobody has no uh, any idea what's going on. Because um, what I've learned is you never know what's going to help someone. You really don't. It could be. I, I wrote I wrote a piano piece um, that someone someone played, and I had forgotten. I completely forgot about it. I, I submitted it somewhere and came up to music. That was the most beautiful thing that I've ever heard. And I was like, whoa, I forgot I wrote that, <laughs> you know? It didn't mean anything to me necessarily. It was a it was a, it was a fun project. I loved doing it. Um, it wasn't anything personal or emotional, but that, it proved to me, I was like, man, it can, it can come from anywhere at any time. And, um, and it's just, it's so good. So, so thank you so much. Um, do you, is there any... Uh, any other things you want to say before we, we wrap up our episode?
1: I feel like there's just so much, there's so much that we could talk about. Um, I don't know, like you're saying wonderful things about, you don't know what, what going to help people. I just so surprised by what music really connects with people. Um, there's, there's just, there's a lot you know, we could talk about music therapy and composition and, and music forever. Yeah. So, I mean, just for, thank you for listening, even touching the surface of what music therapy is. it's really important, and I love that you're trying to do some, like, interdisciplinary stuff. here. super important.
0: Well, and uh, keep in mind, as, uh, as as time goes on, uh, is, and the conversation gets a little bit more intense, um, you're always welcome. Uh, I have no problem with having, like you said, just talk forever. If, if, if you have, if, do yeah, if you, if you have a, uh, you know, an hour and a half or two hours of time every week, I'm, I'm down. I know, I know you have a, a million things to do, but, uh, I don't have
1: kids though, right?
0: Do it now. Yeah, I have to. I have to feed my dog. That's it. Other than that, I'm, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and get everything wrapped up. But again, thank you, thank you, Stephanie, for for talking to me, and I'll be available for you if you ever need a a soapbox.
1: Hey, have a good night.
0: Me too.